And welcome back to 19 Hits the Dragon, the tabletop RPG podcast. We are continuing on the actual play phase of the season, and we've got some uh, great guests joining us here today to uh, play a pretty, pretty uh, interesting and unique game. How's uh, how's everybody doing? Oh, great. Woo. Excited. Doing great. In, Hydrated. In the, in the spooky mood to get Fantastic. even spookier. <laughs> Indeed, it is the spooky times as we're recording this. It'll release a little bit after that. But you know what? It's always spooky season in my heart. So uh, it doesn't really matter when this is getting released. It's it's spooky season still, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Halloween's <laughs> a state of mind more than it is anything else. Truly. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not yeah. a day on the calendar. It's something that lives in your heart. So That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad that you understand me, Alex. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be playing a really, really fun game called Paranormal Inc. It is a GM list powered by the Apocalypse game, uh, written by Alicia Furness, um, carved from the structure basically of Brendlewood Bay, which is another kind of mystery powered by the Apocalypse game written by Jason Cordova. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a fun, like spooky sci-fi mystery solving game. And we'll be playing as like paranormal investigators investigating a paranormal mystery. Um, but yeah, I'd like to let everybody know like who is going to be playing tonight as well. Obviously, the the players are a huge part of being GMless, right? I'm not running the show. We're all kind of running the show together. Um, so let's go kind of around the room, so to speak. Um, and uh, Alex, why don't you introduce your yourself? Tell us who you are. Hi there, I'm Alex Rodriguez, he, him, pronouns. Uh, you can generally find me on a show called Two Weeks, One Shot. It's a tabletop RPG variety podcast where every two weeks we play one-shot campaigns in a variety of tabletop RPG systems, and we're all really dumb, and the show <laughs> leans really chaotic and comedic and, and dumb. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a good time uh, if, if you've, heard me anywhere it's probably there and i've guessed it on a bunch of stuff you've probably already heard me on mike's channel uh, a couple times and and mike's been over on on my stuff more than a few times already and we keep somehow tricking him to come back (laughs) (laughs) yeah it turns out i actually am incapable of getting rid of alex i think there's some sort of bond that needs to have a magic ritual to sever, um, but I'm not interested in severing that bond. So you know. yeah, I'm I'm straight up haunting you. That's the reality. I I've <laughs> that, been you know, dead. That tracks. That tracks. I've been dead since the year 1942, and I manifested <laughs> this podcast to to latch onto you. Well, I'm I'm glad that our our uh, fates have intertwined in such a way, and that you've chosen me of all people to haunt. I I feel very honored. Um, but speaking of uh, haunting and spooky stuff. Who uh, who are you playing tonight, Alex? Uh, tonight What's I am I am playing name? I am playing as uh, Madam Nancy, and uh, her pronouns are she/her. Uh, she mm-hmm. is a medium, so one that can sense the otherworldly sensations of the other world, uh, and and she does so in a medium fashion. 
Uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> not too much, but not too little. Not right you don't want to overindulge. Just the right and, amount. Yeah, yeah. Re- mediums very practicers of the middle way. If you, <clears throat> if you don't know, uh, I've I have picked a vibe for Madame Nancy, and I think she is uh, flighty. Oh, flighty. Yes, excellent. Flighty. Uh, what I that means, that. I don't know, but she does it in a very medium way. We'll, we'll um, figure it out as we go. And we will, uh, what what are your the uh, abilities? You uh, you get to assign abilities to yourself. Everyone gets a plus one, two zeros, and a minus one, and then you get a plus one to kind of throw into your abilities there as well. So how did you uh, set up your stats, Alex? So of of my four stats, which are science, wits, vigor, and intuition, she's got a zero in science. Doesn't need it. Doesn't care for it. Uh, <laughs> She's got a zero in wits because it's not about that, okay? Uh, for the vigor, it's a minus one because, you know, you got to sacrifice something if you want to be really good at, at another thing. And that thing that <laughs> she is really good at is intuition, and she's got a plus one on that bad boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, she's got to connect with that spirit world, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think mm-hmm. you do actually get an, an additional plus one to add to your stats. Oh, so if you want to throw that onto intuition and make that a plus two maybe oh snap be very intuitive plus two isn't very medium but i'll I'll take it (laughs) a little extra extra medium you're allowed to be good at one thing right if you're bad at other things that it averages out it's true it's true she might not have a high school degree but damn it she knows what those ghosts are saying Medium well is still medium. Just saying. Yeah, that's, what the true. that's true. Yeah. Uh huh. As some, as a former steakhouse employee, I agree. Um, <laughs> it's not the right excellent. way, but it is a way. It, it is, is a, a way. medium way <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh and uh, Alex, why don't you tell us about the investigator moves that you picked as well? Okay, I am allowed to pick two of them, and I have picked uh, the first one. Is I sense a presence. Which means at any point I may announce that a I sense a presence and draw a paranormal card where I choose uh, one of the events to encounter. Uh, I can read through the more specific part that says roll plus intuition. On a 10 plus, I discover a clue. On a 7 to 9, the encounter leaves me shaken. I get shook. Uh, and then I mark a personal haunting. Uh, then I take a plus one to my next discovery move. Nice. So high risk, high reward it, on that one. Yeah, definitely. And we'll get into a little bit more about like uh, what a personal haunting is and uh, things like that as well and drawing a clue and what all of that means. Uh, so we'll we'll circle back around to, to that, but it'll help you out and there's some, some risk and reward to it too. Fantastic. Uh, and, and my second move is friend to all. My presence is calming the ghosts. When you When I take the ghostly encounters move, I may choose an additional outcome. Uh, to receive from that encounter. All right, great. Just a real friendly psychic person. Yeah, so it definitely sounds a good like person to have on the team. You're great with ghosts, but are you an insufferable, flighty, just always on person? Like every room is some sort of vibe and haunting. Is that it? I will. I will tell you exactly of who I was thinking of as I made this character. <laughs> And it is the the little lady that comes in in the movie Poltergeist. Ah, yes. <laughs> I like. I saw the Medium playbook and I was like, "This is it. Oh yeah, it's her." I God, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I can't remember her name, but I remember her voice, and I've, I'm all about it. Excellent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Um, I think that kind of covers all the bases for you for now. Um, and then we'll go over to David. Hello. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, hey, <laughs> I am. I'm David. Uh, I oh boy, I guess who I am first. Um, I'm probably best known in this sphere for a podcast I run called Trials of the Apocalypse, where we play a variety of different powered by the apocalypse games and take them to their inevitable and awful conclusions. Um, often not so inevitable or so awful, uh, <laughs> but quite enjoyable uh, either way. Um, I've been on Nineteen Hits the Dragon a couple of times for a game we played together. Uh, mm-hmm. I hesitate to call it a one shot because it felt like you know it was more than that. It was like the, <laughs> it was it was a campaign of the end of these poor people's lives. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, and also, I think I've I've done an episode where we talked about like character building and stuff. So yeah, we had look, a, look a out really for those great chat. if you're if yeah. you're interested. Um, but and today, yeah, who are you, who are you playing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be playing the ghost playbook. So if the medium is striking that happy balance of the mm-hmm. the normal and the paranormal, uh, I'm just leaning full into the paranormal, baby. Like, we're going all the way ghost. Like, <laughs> there is excess is the definition of this character. Um, my name is going to be Sasha Graymatter. Uh, and Sasha's pronouns are Very she, good. her. <laughs> uh, she is going to be having a, a zero in science, a one in wits, a minus one in vigor and a one in intuition. So she's she's pretty good at those two things. She's okie dokie with the science, and uh, she's not. It, it, you know, it turns out that in order to be quite vigorous, it often requires uh, a physical corporeal form, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is one thing. Uh, I think Sasha would say the only thing really that she's lacking. Uh, her her vibe is generally uh, a little bit nonplussed, a little bit absent minded. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit more of a character in a second, but that's kind of like the general vibe with her. Gotcha. Uh, and the two moves that I've picked are ghostly visage. Uh, I may change my appearance as necessary. And if I'm in a situation where this is a benefit, I can roll with advantage. So that's nice. Ooh. And then the other one I'm taking is body swap, which is a fun one because it's actually not what it says on the 10. Uh, so body swap is the effects of your last possession linger and I gain one additional special investigator move that I must choose from a playbook that is not currently in play. So my actual move is coming from the skeptic playbook, uh, and I am taking documentarian, which means Mm. I have a piece of technology that I always carry with me in order to document what is happening, like a video camera or a tape recorder. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I'm going to add this item to my backpack, and once per mystery, when an investigator misses on a roll, I can choose to play back what I recorded to review what happened. And that investigator's roll now becomes a 12, and I narrate what actually happened according to my recording. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Incredibly and useful, for sure. And how I'm interpreting all of this for, for Sasha uh, is that Sasha, you know, she, she was a teen when she died, tragically. Uh, and her goal was always to become uh, a huge uh, TikTok star. Uh, so now, of course, like the internet's totally cut off to her in that way. But mm. instead, there is for ghosts in the paranormal, there is a spook spot, and uh, she has her her phone <laughs> that she records oh. our paranormal investigations with. And her goal is to become a top spook spot spook spotter. Wow, this could, I regret naming it that already. <laughs> You've uh, already you did this to yourself. I, it, so. I sure did. I chose it. Uh, 
well, technically, technically, uh, uh, Emma, my partner, came up with it, so she is to blame. Um, so oh. <laughs> I'll throw her under the bus. Instead. <laughs> does, but, does Sasha have a nickname for her followers? Oh, she should. Uh, well, if Spookspot is exclusively for the paranormal, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. then maybe like the paranormies. <laughs> That's good. Excellent. The the. Well, you're gray, Matt. The the gray skulls. No, that's the gray something. Oh, oh. graniacs. Oh. Oh, that one oh, gave me God. heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Sasha is just you know filming the crew, doing our stuff uh, to hopefully catch some some great footage to go on Spook Spot. Excellent. Awesome. I think that kind of covers all the bases uh, for, uh, was it, sorry, was it Sasha or Tasha? Uh, Sasha. 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 Ray Matter. Matter. Okay, great. Um, awesome. And uh, up next then is going to be Reed. Who are you? Hello. Um, my name is Reed. My pronouns are they, them. And uh, I am the GM of the Lancer actual play podcast, Bring Your Own Mech. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ownmech um, and me at replays. And uh, I mostly post about my life and weird thoughts about pop culture and uh, promote my show. Um, and I'm today, uh, I will be playing a scientist because I'm actually a scientist in real life. So thought that would be fun. Also, I don't know if I messed up the order of this. I, I'm <laughs> like, no, no one who's keeping track of things. Not okay. me. That's for Great. sure. Great. Great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So basically my character that I brought today, uh, my scientist is Dr. Parsimony Dimer um, mm. or Dr. Dimer for short. And because uh, I love having a good doctor, uh, good doctor name. And that's, That's a powerful doctor yeah. name. That is a um, powerful name. And, uh, and their pronouns are they, them. Um, and I guess as far as vibes go, um, I'm thinking we have uh, disheveled. That's probably a good one. Like, this is a scientist that cares a lot more about the science uh, than they do about their appearance. Um and I guess, you know, it feels like I should at least say what kind of science they do. Um, is, is that cool if I have like a teeny weeny bit of a backstory-ish thing? Yeah, absolutely. What, what kind of scientist is Dr. Dimer? Well, specifically uh, a paranormologist. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I don't know if that's an actual so, word, but I think it's funny. I, I think it. of that guy from the History Channel who's like aliens, like no, that. essentially, but yes. it's ghosts. Ghosts. But it, yeah, yeah, but exactly. And yeah. So that's the thing is they have uh, spent their uh, they they have made their career out of proving that ghosts exist. Um, unfortunately, this means that they pretty much are laughed out of most academic spaces and have pretty much no funding. Hmm. Um, so they, uh, have to scrape by quite a bit. So I think that contributes to the disheveled nature, um, of them. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. 
So, uh, uh, and yeah, what did you, how did you sort your abilities? Your, right. Uh, so I put one in science, uh, and I, because of course, but I'll probably add, uh, make that a two. So I okay. think that makes sense since, um, yeah. I get that extra point, uh, and then zero in wits and, uh, vigor is minus one, <laughs> you know, uh, they're a scientist, not an athlete. Right. Um, <laughs> And uh, intuition is also zero, which I think is very funny. It's like they're very good at the science, but just no, no real awareness. Mm. Uh, very one track mind like myself. Um, Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what are the scientists, uh, their investigator moves? Right. So um, I chose, of course, because this is great. I get to start with an item in my backpack and I don't believe I have to declare it until the moment that I use it. Um, and, okay. and so this this move is called experimental technology. So I have a piece of untested technology in my backpack. <laughs> I name it. I describe what it does and I add it to my backpack. Um, when I attempt to use the experimental technology, I roll plus science. And so basically it's kind of like a mad scientist type of move where I'm like, here's my thingamajig, you know, pull it out and uh, hopefully it works well. If it doesn't, uh, I have to repair it. And uh, yeah, and it's, you know, not fun. Um, but it doesn't seem to be like any other drawbacks as far as I can tell. Um, if it does actually break, I just have to find time to repair it i suppose um yeah i imagine you probably can't use it for like the rest of the scene or something yeah right? so. yeah that's what it seems like so that would obviously be a bummer if i broke my thingamajig <laughs> the first time i pulled it out um, <laughs> certainly and, yeah uh and then my other one that i picked uh is a new hypothesis so once per mystery when i miss on a theorized move i may suggest a new theory if the other players agree with me, um, I can attempt to theorize again without searching for new clues. Nice. So Ooh. I think that will definitely come in the theory. <laughs> it will come in handy when we are theorizing about the mystery. Yeah, absolutely. A very crucial endgame move to have for sure. Um, and yeah, we'll get around to um, what the theorized moves are and kind of other moves that we've talked about a little bit as well um, here in just a moment. Um, and then up next, we have uh, Zach. Conan, how you doing? I am fantastic. Uh, still recovering from being ill, but feeling better and better every day. Uh, I am Conan Liberian. Uh, you might know me from not having a podcast I appear on regularly <laughs> or any other show. Um, but uh, oh I have actually been lucky enough to be on to play and host with several of these fine people here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter talking about random tabletop and dad stuff. Um, so that's what I do. Uh, as far as the game, I'm super excited. I'm going to be playing Eric Smith. The intern, uh, he, him pronouns, which is about the only thing you can really ever remember or tell about him because he's so otherwise nondescript <laughs> and uh, forgettable <laughs> that it, it's almost painful 
I went <laughs> with uh, Eric yeah, Smith. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Uh, zero in science because he doesn't need to know a thing. That's why he's mm-hmm. there to learn. Uh, plus one in wits and a plus one in vigor <laughs> because he's got to think on his feet because when they say they want a hot venti but not too hot, he's got to know how hot that is. And he's got a plus one in vigor because he's got to take those hot but not hot venties thrown back in his face and get back <laughs> and get another one. Uh, and a negative one to intuition. Because he doesn't really need to get a hold of the other side. He's just there to make sure you know, everyone's got what they need to get a hold of the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that the intern is the person with uh, positive vigor stat. <laughs> yeah. God. We'll get to you in a second, but I also have I, a minus one to vigor. So. And I guess uh, I should say uh, my vibe is eager. So I am. Nice. Yeah, Eric is always willing to put in the extra effort, you know, carry what needs carried, get what needs gotten. And uh, yeah, get after it. He's, he's there to impress. He's had a long string of incredibly unsuccessful internships before this. So he's hoping that this one being in a completely different field from the other six that he's been fired from, (laughs) uh, (laughs) this one works out. Not promising. No, Um, he's yeah. It's he's like late thirties intern. Like he's been through a lot to trace. He's finding himself. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the moves, he's got underappreciated. So uh, the skills you have are overlooked by the rest of the team. And after seeing a result of any that you make, uh, you can add a plus one to the total, which is nice. Uh, and coffee runner. So you are skilled at quick thinking and quick moving. And when you need to be once per turn, take 12 plus on a roll related to thinking or acting quickly. So he is, like you said, with his eager vibe, he's Johnny on the spot. Awesome. Sounds like a very resourceful and useful person to have around. So glad to have uh, Eric joining our our team. Eric Smith, you'll forget my name and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) uh, He's... Really, really scraping the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the barrel for like internship. Found, I don't know where he found this right. or if someone approached him, but he was like, "Does it pay?" Not really. Is there? Do I get my name on a door? Nope. Do I get a business card? Nope. Can I have a job? Yep. Come on. <laughs> I imagine oh being God. so nondescript kind of helps him uh, in the interview process. Whenever someone's doing a background check, you're like, "Oh, did Eric Smith work for you guys?" Uh, yeah, that sounds like a person who worked it's, here once. Well, it helps him out. You can't tell oh if it's gosh. a C or a K at the end of it. So it just, uh. yeah. <laughs> he makes ends meet. He gets by. <laughs> he, yeah. He may have worked here before, but. Oh, my God. <laughs> can't remember him. It seems familiar. We'll say yes so that we don't look like we're the fools. Um, right. <laughs> Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've worked with Eric. Yeah, you know? he. Uh, if you were to think of his sure. face, he looks like that one guy. Um, oh, that, that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, that Eric. Oh, that, yeah. like yeah. that guy. You're pretty <laughs> sure you worked with that guy at some point. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Eric Smith. Awesome. 
Great. Well, I guess that uh, leaves me then. So, um, yeah, as I said earlier, there's a GMless game. Everybody gets a character to play, and I'm going to be playing Humphrey. Uh, pronouns are he, they, and Humphrey is a bookworm. Um, so generally like mask presenting, identifying, but also kind of somewhere else around and beyond that, right? Um, and uh, his vibe is um, confident, but quirky. So he either knows what he th- he's talking about or thinks he knows what he's talking about. Um, and is going to be a little, you know, off and uh, kind of in his own own world about all of that as well. Um, and for Humphrey, uh, their stats, I gave him a plus one to science, a plus one to wits, a minus one to vigor, and a zero to <laughs> intuition. Um, so he's, yeah, he's kind of a smart, smart guy, uh, very well read, very sharp. Um, not very uh, strong or hardy from spending all of that time uh, hanging out in libraries and not doing anything else. Uh, no exercise for for Humphrey. Um, and intuition is, you know, average. So he's like yeah, middling when it comes to reading other people and reading the sort of supernatural aspect of things, um, but very well read on all of those. So, yeah. Um, and the moves I took for them are, um, I've read about this, which means that, uh, I get an additional use of the handbook of the recently deceased move, um, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, but that's typically something that is only done once per mystery from the whole team. Um, so with this move, I can get an extra use of that to be able to consult our handbook of the recently deceased. Um, and get some benefits from from that. Um, I also took the move Hacker, which means you prefer digital research and have some pro-level hacking skills. Uh, when you make any role related to computers, roll with advantage. Um, so if we're going to be doing anything to get into computer systems or anything like that, or if our ghost is maybe screwing around with computer systems and I need to get them out or whatever. We'll see uh, how handy that ends up being, but I'll get, uh, get advantage when we, when uh, I roll on that. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So that's uh, the characters. I think we've got a nice little group here and it seems like we've got some uh, academics as well. So I think that there's a good chance and y'all can give some input to this as well, but I think our group, um, Paranormal Inc. as our company is, mm-hmm. um, is like an academic, maybe funded by a university to investigate the spooky stuff that okay. we can't make make use or make sense of. Right? How do you all feel about that? I, I love that idea. It's like right, they got a grant, <laughs> they had to hire somebody to be mm-hmm. able to to fulfill that grant. These 
these four, <laughs> these five people showed up, or yeah. four, and then they and got one an of intern. them is in fact a ghost. So like, hey, we don't have to pay them at all, right? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sasha is absolutely not on payroll. No. Really yeah. adds legitimacy. I don't think you're even like officially part of like our roster. You're just kind yeah. of there and part of the group, like sort of an unspoken agreement that we have. You, you don't tell yeah. Sasha that you're going to go on a particular inquiry. Sasha just like shows up and it's also there. <laughs> Did Sasha maybe die at the university? So she's haunting Ooh. like whatever <laughs> yeah. our office building? building for Paranormal Inc. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I think Good. this makes yeah. sense because Eric is there. <laughs> He's taken the internship to just defer his student loan payments at this point. Oh, it's no. just, he's got to do something. Nothing else is working out. Paranormal Inc. Yeah, I, I love fantasy. And he showed up to the interview and there's a literal ghost sitting there <laughs> with a, like, oh, cool. Okay. I love the idea that he doesn't know what paranormal is. <laughs> just like I love fantasy. <laughs> cool and parachutes like that. In. Those ghost hunter dudes on Spooktube. I'm super excited. Oh yeah. my god, that's perfect. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, so the last thing that we want to talk about character-wise then is the backpack. We've mentioned it a few times, but each of us has a backpack with some items in it. Um, and the way that the backpack works is other than, you know, what we get from our, our playbook, uh, Reed has some experimental equipment and, uh, Sasha, uh, David has, uh, their, um, I guess it's, it's, undead it's, smartphone it's, or it's just, yeah, it's just a ghost smartphone. Yeah. Don't, don't ask smartphone. too many questions. Don't <laughs> okay. think about it too deeply. It's a ghost <laughs> smartphone. Excellent. It is what it is. Cool. I was kind of hoping it was just like a, a floating cell phone <laughs> just that we would just have around. to yeah. deal with every once in a while. <laughs> um, so in addition to those couple items, each of us will have additional items in our backpack. And the way that this works, uh, we've confirmed is that uh, we get to kind of go around the room and everyone sort of assigns an item to each other. Or, you know, we'll start kind of back around the circle with Alex, but everyone else is going to get to decide what Alex has in his, in his backpack. Um, so yeah, I think we'll kind of go in sort of the same order. We'll start with uh, Alex's backpack here, but okay. David, you get to pick what's in there first. Yeah. I mean, you're a medium. Uh, I think you have uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a, a set of candles um, you know how they have the candles that have like a particular print oh, yeah. on the mm-hmm. side of a particular like saint if it's like you know uh, more Christian oriented, uh, but they also just make these for like anything these days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, the John Snow definitely. candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's All like yeah, I, I think yeah. you have a a bag of those, a set of those that has like every character print that you could like possibly need or require for a given <laughs> session. Good. <laughs> this one's my SpongeBob <laughs> candle. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Reed, what's another item that uh, Alex? And I'm sorry, Alex. Can you remind me of your character's name one more time, Madam? She she is Madam Nancy. Nancy. Madam Nancy. Mm-hmm. So Reed, what's another item that Madam Nancy has in her backpack? I mean, of course. Uh... Okay, I'm between a crystal ball or tarot cards. Ooh. 
Ooh, man. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you'll find uses for them uh, for both of those. But I guess, uh, uh, crew, uh, what do you think? What do you think would be more funny to put in the backpack? <laughs> so I had a flash of a like a a crystal ball is always a good focus, but you're not going to walk around with a giant crystal ball, but some sort of like mm-hmm. Pyrex or like faux glass crystal ball, like a travel mediums <laughs> or travel mediums <laughs> toolkit something. Oh my God. So, one, one of those like hand yeah, balls that you can juggling. move around, yeah. but it's just one yeah. of them. Oh my God, like, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what you have. You have a traveling, a travel sized crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you have a minus one in vigor, you kind of make things easy <laughs> to like, carry you're around. Like looking yeah, into it, and it only it only shows you like part of the picture, you know, like it's like kind of cropped out because the dimensions <laughs> like, are wrong. Because otherwise, I'm imagining like carrying a bowling ball bag everywhere with a crystal ball is impractical. Yeah. yeah. Although you do have an intern that's with fun. plus one no, vigor no, no, who could carry That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yes, intern. I, I like the bags. idea of the travel size crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the tiny crystal ball because then it's like I have to put on my cheaters <laughs> just to see what exactly I'm divining in this thing. Oh, oh man, fantastic! Uh, all right, uh, Zach or uh, Eric Smith, what's another item that Madam Nancy has in her backpack? Uh, I think she would have to because mediums face whether they're you know actually talented or not face a lot of doubters. So. Something that's also kind of modern to help set this scene. Like, fine, you don't believe me? Some sort of, um, what's a classic piece of like ghost hunting? What's that Geiger counter spirit thing? Like, there's there's the REM mm, box, there's the spirit but box, like it's like EMF. There's, uh, like EMF, there it is. Electromagnetic, yeah. like yeah, a EMF little reader. EMF yeah. reader thing. So you can set that on. So even when, and I don't know if it, how well it works or if there's triggers or not, but like something that she uses for like, because someone comes and says, I want to talk to my dead grandma and they bring their friend who doesn't believe you. You also have this more modern piece to like see. Ah. Uh, and mm-hmm. it can also help you find the areas with stronger Wi-Fi. There you go. EMF reader slash Wi-Fi detector. Got it. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Um, so I think kind of on the other side of that, um, you have a... It's a... It can be worn as a necklace, but it is a like a pendulum with like a crystal hanging from it. And you can use it as sort of a directional, like where is the ghost or where is the paranormal activity in here, right? So you like kind of spiritual dowsing where... rod. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it can be worn as a necklace or like whatever, but you like hang it from your hand and, you know, use that. Uh, a, the focus I'm, essentially. I'm going to put a detection detection yeah, pendant. Nice. Yeah, is that, is sure. I think that makes sense as a name. Yeah, okay, right. okay, I'm into that. None of these add legitimacy <laughs> to one or two, but I'm, if I'm anything, into they it. all add a little bit more fog to your actual <laughs> yeah yeah validity as far as what you do, which is perfect. I think yeah, just using these creates more <laughs> doubt. If anything. <laughs> 
Excellent. Um, so next we go over to Sasha's backpack. Um, and I think, Alex, you get to decide the first item that's in here in the ghost's backpack. Okay. Okay. I, you know, if you're not able to do this by supernatural means, uh, then you can, you can veto this. But I would think, right, if, you're, if your item is a phone, then some sort of selfie stick or like one of those like uh, uh, the little stabilizers that like you can move around with it to flip it around and flip like, it like up a, and all uh, that. Cell phone gimbal. Uh, up your production value. Yeah. Oh yes. Cell yeah, phone they have gimbal. little like selfie yeah. sticks that turn yeah. into like a tripod as well. So it could even be something that you can mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. down to record. Yep. It's And it's... A ghost. <laughs> One of those died, it's and a, you have its ghost. Bull? No, that's not. Oh. I can't <laughs> Get <laughs> out. <laughs> Leave. Oh. Okay. Excellent. Who invited you anyway? <laughs> My kidney. Listen, this medicine is making me extra punny, so it's gonna be all night. I'm sorry, guys. None of them good, but it won't stop. Uh, excellent. <laughs> All right, uh, Reed. What's another item that Sasha, the ghost, has uh, in her backpack? Hmm. Um. So remind me, how old is Sasha? Like, do you know how long ago, roughly, Sasha died? Uh, like earlier this year. Like oh, Sasha, okay. Sasha has not been dead very long. Uh, <laughs> wow, I was not expecting that. I, I mean, I, I'm going to say like maximum spot. six months, Ma- like maximum six months. Okay. Uh, okay. I think I think Sasha was an aspiring college student. That's why she was visiting the university. Okay. Um, I think she's like when she died, she told everyone she was 18, but really her birthday was still a few weeks away. Oh, oh no! Oh, no. Yeah. It, oh, sorry. It is still it's still a soft. She has a ghost. Sorry to report that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, she's not letting her stop her. She's just like, really. It's like now that she doesn't have to eat or sleep, uh, she still has to rest. You know, but it's kind of different. Uh, mm-hmm. Now is like the best opportunity. It's like a gap year she's taking to like pursue her her passions. So. Uh, what did Sasha study before she died? Like what, did, uh, I think Sasha was interested in studying. I think she was interested in studying like film, maybe v, maybe VFX. She wasn't quite sure. Uh, maybe she wanted to be like an influencer, right? Yeah, yeah. I I like the idea of her having a camera, like a kind of you know an analog camera, not just with your phone, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that somebody oh. that's interested in film, I feel like would have something like that. There is like the great trope of like some things you can only catch on film, right? Like yes. you, you can't use a digital yes. camera. Like you gotta you gotta like develop it and like see what comes out. Like exactly. I love that. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what kind of camera, but we could like Google something cool. Well, they know. have like uh the, the Kodak do, do ones that produce an instant you just have oh. to wiggle it. Oh right. And then oh, you've like got a Polaroid. Polaroid. Okay, you yeah. have a Polaroid yeah. camera because yeah. that's great. I love yeah. that. Nice. Awesome. Fantastic. Nice. Do Sasha's school credentials <laughs> still work? I think in a uh, world where ghosts are real, she's still able. She, yeah. she, she can still log into the Wi-Fi. She's not sure oh if that's God. just because ghosts can just do that uh, or if it's because her credentials still work. Um, that's so yeah. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, Eric, what's another item that... Uh, Sasha's got in her her backpack. Um. Well, 
my first two ideas were legit already stolen. So, <laughs> um, so I was thinking like uh, a lighting gimbal or uh, some sort of camera device, but I think she wants to be an influencer. She wanted, mm-hmm. she was interested in film. She's also a teen. I think she's also got something because, like you said, she's taken a gap year. How seriously does Sasha take herself? Let me ask you that. Oh, uh, I think she takes her passions quite seriously. But that is to say her her brand is still quite like out there. She is, after all, like now trying to build her presence around paranormal investigations and like filming these investigations and sending that to other ghosts. So okay. like there's there's like a, a weird niche angle there, I think right. for sure. Um uh this one this is a tough one then, because as a ghost, I want to say that Sasha has a lot of props. Like you've got kind mm-hmm. of this bag of ghostly props, and even though you are a ghost catering to other ghosts on a ghost app. Sometimes, like, you throw in this spooky effect or, like, you've got this backdrop or you have these super cheesy cobwebs. Like, hey, gang, just dropped in, and this place is, like, way more haunted than I thought. Like, really kind of <laughs> cheesy gags. I, I love the idea of, like, putting up fake spider webs ahead of yes. being a shoot <laughs> just to yeah. get the ambiance right. Like, even as a ghost to, like, be like, yeah. whoa, guys, whoa. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Yeah, so a bag of uh of props. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um and the other ability that she has is like shape shifting, right? Like she can Yeah. She, she can like change her, her appearance. appearance. Okay. Yeah, so no filter. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Or so she says. Or so she I says. Think to help out with that. Yeah, yeah. Um you also have like a like a costume pack. Like of uh, clothes, you know, she can yeah, yeah, yeah. change her yeah. shape. She, she can all change that she her wants. appearance, but like but she's still in the, the same clothes she died in. Right, right. She's maybe got an uh, maybe she when she died because she did want to kind of be like an influencer. She mm-hmm. already had a set number of outfits that were tucked into her backpack to have like on the go. Um, so now mm-hmm. she's and because of kind of the spooky nature of being a ghost that is sort of four of us, right? She can kind of yeah. pull whatever she wants out of the backpack, out of this pocket yeah. that it, had it all the clothes turns out if you like burn stuff in a particular ceremonial way, uh, you get like the, the ghostly, you know, effigy, the artifacting uh, of of what they were before. And she just did that to an entire theater department. <laughs> now is this also connected with the recent death six months ago <laughs> now let's is not, our university uh... rebuilding a theater department after a tragedy oh my God. Uh, <laughs> nothing was proven in court yeah right? yeah, yeah uh there are rumors that the wiring was bad in uh in the theater department but like we're not really so sure mm-hmm Excellent. Um, so then we'll switch over to uh, Dr. Dimer. Um, Alex, what's an, another item that Dr. Dimer has in their backpack? Okay, so Dr. Dimer, they are a paranormal... Par- what was the name of the science? Para- <laughs> Paranormologist. <laughs> paranormologist. Wow. Make them what is paranormal normal. 
I wonder if it's a if it's an actual word or if that's just something I made up. Uh, well, okay, it's not really a word, but there is a Twitter for paranormology. Um, okay. That would make someone so, who practice it, practices it a paranormologist. Exactly. Yep, so true. I, yeah, true. So I declare that is the word. That is the official. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> okay, okay. A paranormologist. Um, I would think if we're going the scientific angle, I, I straight up just watched a whole Netflix show about paranormal investigators. So it's good, all fresh good. in my head. Yes. I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to say you have the, uh, uh, the infrared camera, yes. right. That you're able to move forward. You can see kind of, you can see heat signatures or, or latent, uh, placements of certain things that maybe aren't there, uh, right? Maybe yeah. maybe just some AC is hitting that spot, or maybe there's something creepy going on. Oh yeah, right. So I, I think I think that's a good one to have in your toolkit. Yes, I love that. Awesome, um, David. What's another item that they've uh, got? Yeah, I think that the good doctor uh, has. I think they have like a portable generator um, because like they've, they've got all these electronic devices and sometimes you're yeah. in like an abandoned building or something where you, you need to run, you know, legacy equipment or something. Yeah. So I think they have like a, you know, small portable generator, uh, quieter than you think, but still loud enough, you know? Love it. Awesome. We talking like, like, gas powered yeah, like, or it's I an electric it like battery kind of like yeah yeah how, how how big of a startup does this i, I like the idea like start, uh, starting a, a lawnmower over yeah. here <laughs> okay hear, hear me out here this is dumb we don't okay. do it but uh i like the i like the pulling motion but it's instead it's a crank generator yes retrofitted yes. so it's pull yes. so you just have to keep pulling oh. you just have to keep pulling as long as you want electricity <laughs> oh god <laughs> come on come on <laughs> And by, and by you, of course, I mean the intern who has plus one to vitality. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. As long as there's a good place to like plant one foot on top of the thing to just, yeah. like I'm imagining yeah, pull starting think, a boat engine just over and over. Yes. Eric, put some, kind of complete put some it so elbow inter- grease into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just to, to kind of complete it so the intern isn't having to constantly do yeah. that. You have to like spend a solid minute pulling on the ripcord exactly. and then you have exactly like energy it. for a while yeah, yeah, yeah. to plug things that. into. Oh yeah. my God. That's amazing. I hope everyone's okay if I do like a Heimerdinger voice because I think oh, that's, that's the vibe 100%. I'm getting right now. Oh, so for sure. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. What, uh, what shows Heimerdinger from? Why does that sound okay? Familiar? Well, League from Legends. League of Legends, but also, <laughs> oh, okay. but also, oh, okay. yeah, got it. But also, got Heimerdinger in was an arcane. So if yes. you watched Arcane, yes, you'd yes, see. I did. Actually, that's that's the only place I know it from. Indeed. <laughs> nice, nice. That's a great Heimerdinger impression. Love that. Yeah, I've worked, been working on it. <laughs> My girlfriend hates it. <laughs> <laughs> She literally, she was like, the worst day of my life was the day that I, that you convinced me to play League with you. And, 
Are you, wait, are you I, in character? Did you play League? Is that what's happening? I mean, sometimes I like to say the voice lines along with the characters because it's Look, funny. Amazing. Every game amazing. is a role-playing game if you exactly. make it one. That's a great way to right. practice your character voices. That's all Absolutely. I'm saying. True. You know? True. <laughs> Uh, right, and uh, Mr. Intern, who's going to have to pull this ripcord, uh, what else is in, what's another item in the backpack? Um, well, for fear of giving myself yet another vigor-based job, uh. I think you carry a stack of your papers with you, like, because you say that you've been just laughed out, and you're not respected necessarily in your field, but I like the idea that you carry just this big binder of your manuscripts and papers to give oh to God. people at any yes. point like no listen i wrote here here's this like 20 page thing <laughs> about this to just keep handing out to people at all times on these random paranormal uh events and effects and things so just a, oh a big old binder of papers and articles that you've written and sponsored that's so good i love Fantastic. that it's like it's like a 20 page paper and then like the supplemental materials are like it's like another 40 pages it's mm, just yeah. awful you just like, have all these and like and it's referencing things that you also wrote and, because there's yeah. no other writing on this exactly handing someone a 60 page manuscript like a physical <laughs> copy is the yes. most obnoxious thing i can possibly think it, of it's in the middle of do you feel this cold spot Cold spots, you say? It's just... <laughs> I'm, like, handing them to our bookworm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think uh, Humphrey has definitely read uh, your, like, dissertation, you know, front to back a number of times. <laughs> and after my own heart. Just because just they're that much of a, a word nerd. Um, I'm a sort of man. Not, not quite man. Man enough. Eh. Um. I get it. <laughs> yeah, there's fake um, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think for your last item, I'm going to give you something a little bit on the smaller side since you've already got a lot filling up your backpack. Um, I I think you have a uh, a UV flashlight. Oh yes, like that's important handprints footprints like those types of like ghostly uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that evidence that they can kind of leave behind yes i too have played that one ghost hunter game that i forget the name of yeah, Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia. yeah. yeah. We, we actually uh zach gave you the emf uh or gave alex the emf reader earlier and that's what i was yeah. thinking of as an item for your backpack so i was like what are the other items in Phasmophobia? <laughs> Exactly. Salt or the crucifix. Right. <laughs> I always carry the crucifix uh, with me because that's a that, that'll save you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um great. And then we come to our intern who's got, I'm sure, all kinds of stuff, uh, being the everyman. Um, Alex, oh, yeah. what's one thing that or uh, uh, sorry, Madam Nancy, uh, what is one thing that Eric has in uh, his backpack? I think, I think, given the the fact that we've given him so many tasks <laughs> already, I think Zach, or uh, sorry, I think Eric, 
uh, is is has interned in enough places and done enough menial work that he knows that all that constant lifting and pushing and running, it's killer on the lower back, right? So he's got one of those like belts that he puts around his midsection yeah. to help with lifting heavy a, items. A back support belt, yeah. Yes, yes, uh-huh. Got to keep those lumbars nice and straight while you're running around all over the place. I like it. <laughs> it makes sense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely worked my fair number of warehouses before this gig, so it's a must, really. I, I gotta ask, how old is Eric? <laughs> how old of an intern are we working uh, with? If you? you were to look at him, if you could remember his face, late 30s, <laughs> early 40s. Oh my god. He's an age range. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Adds to the mystery. <laughs> Uh, David, what's yeah? What's an item? Or sorry, uh, yeah. sorry, Sasha. What's an item that Eric <laughs> has in his uh, backpack? You know, Eric has uh, a few a few decades of interning experience under his under his very <laughs> large belt, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think that's really why the belt is so large. First off, I think it's because Eric's experience is so so great and diverse. The only way to right. contain it under your belt is to be under a belt so large. Uh, oh God. But I think that Eric has uh, a employee manual from every place he's worked. Uh, so you could spin that as something usable in a like to convince someone of a particular background. Or if you're arguing like, oh, no, I've worked in something where, you know, I would know how to do this thing better. You could you could maybe leverage it in that way as well. I like that. Yeah, he's got kind of like how the doctor has this binder of professional papers i have just my my big collection of places i've worked at short term with all the policies i like that a lot actually Fantastic. that makes, makes sense it, it's something great to read when you're trying to fall asleep too right <laughs> <laughs> i personally i'm a Definitely. big fan of employee manuals as it is so this is right up my alley <laughs> yeah I, he is knowing he really that, is <laughs> You didn't mention it earlier, but you also might know Conan here from from uh, writing a, a wonderful game called Corner Office, uh, which is all played. about that that bureaucratic <laughs> mumbo jumbo nonsense. Yeah, I was lucky <laughs> so. enough to run it, uh, and a few of these fellows here were on it. So yes, I uh, this is an item after my own heart, really. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it works on levels, uh, which yeah. I, I appreciate. Yep. Um, yeah, Reed, what's another item that Eric's, or sorry, uh, Dr. Dimer, what's another item that Eric has in his backpack? Mm. This one's hard. Okay, uh, just just remind me what we have so far. Uh, um, lift back support the, belt that I'm going to say right? it's one of those broad ones. He's oh usually wearing God, it yes. under his shirt. Just all the yeah, time. Right? Like yes, mm-hmm. takes it's yes. like it's almost like a girdle. Yeah, when oh he sits God. down. When he sits down, you can see it There's like that little bit of yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, then an, and, and then a manual, right? Was yeah, a collection or a big a binder of uh, employee right, manuals yeah. and okay. guides. Right, right. Okay. So what does every good intern need? Uh well, I don't know. I'm I feel like we're we're probably gonna give um a humphrey a laptop so i might not give you one but um hmm 
Maybe something like, uh, gosh, you know, snacks. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you just you you're like a soccer mom. You packed oranges and apple slices <laughs> and uh and, and Capri Suns. You're snacked to the max. I just like in it. case I'm... anyone's sugar gets too low, you're there. I like I absolutely have a stash of power bars and glucose drinks and Apple slices, Tri- yeah, trail mix, trail mix. Yeah. some oh, yeah. with nuts, some without, some with chocolate, some yep. without. Yeah, I absolutely oh, yeah. love that. Always having a like, man, you, you look peckish. Always, Here you go. You can always throw them <laughs> at the ghost if need be. That's true. <laughs> Sasha volunteers for you to throw the snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. Well, I think in the uh, spirit of being always ready and always useful, um, you also have in your backpack a uh, very sturdy multi-tool. Oh, yeah. Like uh, like oh, heavy-duty, like DeWalt maybe or something like that. That's um, You've had it for ages, but you know it's like old reliable, right? Like it's... It's always going to be good warranty, no warranty on it. Cause it's never going to like right. fall apart. Right. Like <laughs> it is, it is the multi-tool. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's perfect. Has every sort of random knickknack tool on it just for all the random things he's had to tackle. So that's perfect. Yeah. That's like actually practical. <laughs> I, mean, I literally got a new multi-tool today. I've been playing with it off camera. I collect multi-tools nice. as it is. So <laughs> that's literally in my other hand, as you said that. So that works out great. I like how you showed up to this just as yourself, Zach. It's, More or less. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, you bring inspiration to your characters and I am uh late thirties. Don't know what I'm doing. This guy essentially I mean, minus actually owning a back brace, I'm pretty much uh, <laughs> Eric, actually, now the more I look at this. Art imitates life, That's my friend. Right. Art imitates it's life. It's going to make it very easy to play. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'm, I'm the last person left then. Uh, we'll go around the, the circle again. Um, Alex, what's an item that I have? Uh, the bookworm Humphrey has in their backpack. Oh man, I think you have uh you know those like steel slash aluminum bookmarks? Mm. Yeah, I think you've got one of those doubles as like a ruler, doubles as a straight edge, like like I think that's like your go-to bookmark, your primary reading material has that one in it, right? The one that you're currently on. And then that's the that's the one that that really marks what your progress is as you're going through. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and you know it could probably be used as a weapon if need be, but yeah. you know it's side side use side use can be weaponized or has many functions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, some say reading is the greatest weapon. <laughs> <there it is. laughs> the the pen is mightier than the sword. 
Um, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the heavy steel bookmark, bookmark is better than <laughs> yeah. the book itself. So I'm not going <laughs> to yes, hit uh-huh. people with the book. Those things are delicate. I'll take the bookmark right. out and beam them or, you know, break yeah. open can, the door can, or whatever I need to do with it. Um, can I ask Can I ask you to come up with a detail for this item? Yeah. Um, the, the, bookmark, the bookmark has an inscription. What is the inscription on the bookmark? Um, hmm. Interesting. I think it's definitely going to be a quote, uh, like a literature quote. Zach is going wild, so I think he's got it. Um, But don't take my word for it. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) My literary uh, awakening really was reading Rainbow. So I just, it's (laughs) the first thing that popped into my head. Awesome. Awesome. Great answer. Yeah, I think Humphreys would definitely um, have aspirations of maybe in this current life or in a former life or the next life being very close friends with LeVar Burton, for sure. Uh, (laughs) But don't we all? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Great. Uh, Sasha, what else do I have in my backpack? Yeah. Uh, I, now feel free to reject this. I, I have a, I have a option as well, but this one's going to sort of maybe th- throw something your way that you could integrate as we okay. play the game as well. What I'm thinking is, uh, I think that Humphrey's been given a, like a note or like a short letter from a secret admirer. Um, that was like left for them at the library. Cause like you always sit at the same like desk there at any time you're there. Uh, and okay. I think someone has like taken notice of you. Uh, and they they left you this like note, and I think that you're not sure if they were uh, you know alive or dead. Like you're of course very familiar with the the paranormal, mm-hmm. uh, and I just think that anyone we encounter in the course of the mystery could be the person who gave you that note. Okay, um, just just as a subtle little under detail. No, I love that. I'm just making some notes here. Specifically, I, what I had at the back of my head, uh, I somebody who's listening to this has listened to like all of Dimension 20 and, and knows way more than I do. But I listened to like one of their arcs where uh-huh. they were like at a school and I think his name was Korg. Like he didn't know who was his dad. Uh, and so he like asked anyone who could possibly be his dad if they were his dad. Uh, and that's kind of like the the vibe that I have in the back of my head of like somebody gave you this, yeah, and it okay. could be anyone. Mm-hmm. I'll just go around. At, did you leave me this note? <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Were you the person who left this note for me? So like, do you spend time at the library or? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I dig it. Great, um, Doctor Dimer. What's another item I have in my backpack? Hmm. Okay. Um. Let's see. Yeah, sorry. My PI was uh, messaging me, so. Um, oh, you're good. I so well, if if you just remind me really quick, what what has yeah. been what is in your pack so far? So I've gotten a steel bookmark. Right. Um, oh yeah. Okay. And a note from a secret admirer. Ah, okay, perfect. Then I will give you the laptop, laptop. because you mentioned Excellent. before that you were like going to be the go-to research person. 
Um, and so makes a lot of sense that uh, nowadays lots of libraries are online and yeah, almost entirely sure. digital. So laptop will be helpful. Yeah, I, I think whatever copy of um, the handbook of the recently deceased I have is probably in a PDF form. So it's <laughs> it's on the on the laptop. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, Eric, what's another item that I got? I think as academia focused as you are and intelligent and a bookworm, all of that, I think you also, however, carry with you your, like one of, let's say a nostalgic read, like one Mm. of the first books you read as a kid or like one of your favorite novels that if anyone else were to see it or know that you carry like maybe even some Harlequin novel, if someone knew that you had this thing, you would almost be embarrassed by it. Like some some sort of book that's just kind of ridiculous for someone like you to carry, but is your guilty pleasure or nostalgia book. I, I'm yeah. not going to decide what it is, but yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. until you kind of pull it out of your backpack, it's kind of a Schrodinger's book that you've got there. I, I think I know what it's going to be, but I don't know the title of this actual book right offhand. Right. Um, I'm actually going to have to go and talk to my spouse who reads some of these particular books um, to tell you all what it is. Uh, but we'll Perfect. we'll get to that. Um, is it a Danielle Steele novel? No, it's uh, well, no, it's a uh, Nathan Sparks quite, novel, right? But um, oh. <laughs> it is. Um, I'm I'm having a total blank brain fart right now, and she's going to make fun of me um, for not remembering. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, Laurel like K. I said, you don't have Hamilton, to tell us. I think is the okay the author, but um, yes. I I love the idea that in another timeline, it's it's the Gold Crown Mysteries books from <laughs> Brindlewood Bay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I think that as well. Cool. I'll make that note here. And yeah, we'll figure out exactly what that book is uh, when it comes into play or if or when. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so that's all the character stuff for everybody. So now that we've wrapped that up, we can move on to talking about how this game works. Um, as I mentioned at the top of our episode today, you know, it's a GMless powered by the apocalypse game. Um, Powered by the Apocalypse is a system that kind of gets hacked into all kinds of different um, genres. And uh, if you want to know more, go check out David's podcast, actually, (laughs) because they do a lot of those. Um, But uh, yeah, it's a pretty simple system. And then I think, you know, this game has kind of simplified that even further uh, as well, which is pretty, pretty neat. Um, Mm -hmm. But being... GMless, like what does that mean how does a game a tabletop game work without a gm is it just five assholes in a room improving together well yeah pretty much that's that's what it's gonna be <laughs> but uh yeah so there there are some some rules though that uh we do have to follow to play the game unfortunately no <laughs> um it's uh yeah, so the the mystery uh, that we'll be going into is going to have a couple of different phases, so to speak. 
Um, so we'll do an introduction phase, which basically is going to be sort of the setup for the mystery. Tell us what's going on, what we're looking at, where we are, and sort of what the mystery is. And then we'll move into the investigation phase where we're, you know, snooping around, trying to see what's going on, having some paranormal events, finding clues, trying to understand and solve the mystery. Um, and then once we feel like we've visited all the spots or enough of the spots and gathered enough clues and met with enough people, then we get into the resolution phase, which we will all basically try to take the clues that we've gathered and the interactions that we've had with the NPCs and come up with a uh, conclusion, uh, draw some sort of conclusion, find a resolution um, to this mystery. And then we'll roll and see if we're correct or incorrect or you know need to go back and look for more clues or not, maybe. Um, so that's sort of the basic, like, outline of what the adventure is going to look like. But inside of that, there is a lot of room for some really neat and fun things as well. Um, so, you know, being GMless, we are all sort of playing as characters, player characters with our own playbooks, but we get to have some fun and do some of the things that a GM would do as well, right? We get to kind of be the GM for each other. Um, so the way that this works is through drawing um, playing cards from a deck or from a number of decks, really. So the way that it's it's kind of broken up, um, the different suits of the cards of a regular set of playing cards get broken up into different, um, like they each have their own function, right? So the hearts suit is going to be locations. Um, when we need to go to a new location or a new spot inside of the mystery, we'll draw from that location deck. And we'll get a prompt from a prompt list to tell us what spot we're going to next. Um, and we can kind of always go back to locations that we've been before, but we can't go to a new place without drawing from the deck to figure out where it is that we're going. Um, the diamonds, uh, the suit of diamonds is going to be the paranormal event. That's kind of the spooky thing that's happening in that place. Um, we'll draw the paranormal event, usually draw the card like, you know, as you're going into the new location and whoever draws that card can kind of decide when the paranormal event is going to take place based again on the prompt list that's given to us in the mystery. Um, next, we have the spades uh, suit, which is the NPC deck. Um, whoever draws that that NPC will read from the prompt and they get to play the NPC within that scene. Um, so uh, again, kind of, you know, handing off the GMing responsibilities, so to speak, by letting people, you know, describe the locations or play the NPC for a scene. You know, you as the NPC don't get to also interact with your player character, I think, or, uh, you know, otherwise we just kind of be talking to ourselves. Um, <laughs> we can kind of figure out how that works, you know, once we get into it. Mm hmm. Um, and the last suit being the clubs, which is the clues. And those are the things that are going to help us solve the mystery. Um, again, we'll, you know, we'll draw a clue. We'll read from the prompt list and decide what that clue, kind of the context of that clue. Um, 
So that's sort of the, the basic premise of like the mechanics of the, the game and the GM-less faction or side of it. Um, does anyone have any questions about that or anything that they would like to add to that that I might have missed? So are we able to see the uh, card cues or is that something that one specific player holds on to or... Yeah, that's a, a great question. So I think this is something we can discuss as a team, actually. So since we are playing um, remotely, we'll all want to have like the copy of the adventure up or the not the adventure, the mystery, which is going to have all the prop lists, right? Right. Um, so I think the way that this can kind of work is that at all of our individual desks, we each have these four decks kind of laid out in front of us. And when we go to a new location, say someone will say, I want to I want to know what spot we're going to next. And they'll be the person that draws the location card from their deck and read the location prompt based on that. So I think we can all we'll all have access to the prompts, but whoever's drawing the card will maybe know what's on that card and know where to look on the prompt. And then they'll get to pick which of those usually like three options that they're given for each card number. Yeah. Makes sense. Logistically, that would also mean too, like say I drew a particular card because I'm describing a scene, then the others would need to discard that one as well. So I, I think for each scene, we can kind of decide either in the moment or before we're going into the scene, like who's in charge of which deck. Cause there are, there are five of us and there are only four decks, right? So each scene is going to, you know, leave one person without a deck to draw from. And that's okay, just as long as we kind of shuffle, right? Yeah. And I think then also when we go into a new scene, we can take, you know, take each deck and kind of find the cards that were drawn from the previous scene, discard them, reshuffle, okay. and then we'll be set up for the next scene. Is that, would that work for everybody? Yeah. Because yeah, so they're at only the to- at the top of the scene, right? For example, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, top of the scene, Eric Smith says, "I'm I'm gonna be in charge." Or Zach, I'm, I can't even distinguish the two from Conan Zach, Eric. Yeah, sure. Uh, he he says, "I'm gonna be in charge of the locations deck." Reed says, "They're gonna be in charge of the paranormal event deck." Easily says, "NPC deck," and then Mike says, "The clues." Right. We, sure. So it's just yeah. first come, first serve kind of deal. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. sounds good okay. to me. Okay. Unless so then, anyone has a better system for that, I think the no. kind of and being free the, forum is. The cards, I think, are only like two through 10. So there's not that much yeah, shuffling so to say, yeah. like, it's, I drew yeah. the two of diamonds and everyone gets rid of their two of diamonds. Mm-hmm. Or if it, it comes up, you just throw that yeah, yeah. Out, Right. Right. So, right. Okay. Exactly. So it is uh, it is ace through ten. Um, ace. Right. So there's yeah. only, there are ten um, for each thing. And don't don't worry about it right now, Zach. We'll, we'll get, we'll get our, our decks and everything prepared for when we're ready to play the game. If I um, don't do it now, I'll lose it, believe me. You know what? That's <laughs> fair. And, and I've, I'm sorry I've, for I've pro- trying to I've impose my own just to make <laughs> prep it. on top of you. Because otherwise, um, it will be gone within a week. <laughs> no, that's that's valid. Um, cool. So yeah, does that that work for everybody? Like at the top of the scene, we can kind of decide who's drawing what deck for that next scene, and then switch it up for the the following scene after that. Once that yeah. scene concludes. 
cool. Yeah, that works. That sounds better than my system of just yelling at the top of my lungs until everyone lets me do whatever. It works great in an audio medium, by the way. This isn't your podcast. Not this time, all right. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. Um, And then also we have the general moves um, that everyone can do. Um, and this will kind of go back into some of the like investigator moves that we each have as well. And kind of, um, you know, bring up some things that we touched on earlier, but didn't actually get to go into too much detail about. Um, but essentially there are, well, I guess there are kind of four moves that can be done inside of the investigation phase. And then the final theorized move is in the, resolution phase right so um the four moves that take place inside of the investigation uh phase are the risky move the ghostly encounters move the discovery move and the handbook of the recently deceased move um to break those down even further the risky move is uh, kind of a catch-all um, in sort of the same way of like a lot of other PBTA games is you have like um, act under pressure or something like that, right? Like you're doing something that's a little bit dangerous, a little risky. It doesn't quite fit into the other categories and you can kind of decide, you know, the risk uh, that you're taking and you will roll 2d6 plus whichever stat, um, something that's kind of unique about this game is that instead of the moves being sort of associated generally with a particular stat, um, any of the stats can fit into any of the moves, right? So if you take a risky move, that could be you're rolling plus science or plus intuition or plus wits or whatever, right? You kind of get to decide which of your stats you're using. And I think we, as you know, your players with you can interject with that as well, right? Maybe help out, maybe make things a little challenging for each other, stuff like that. Um, so what uh, the kind of results of a risky move, though, is on a 12 or above, you do what you intended uh, or hold steady the player on your right or any random player since we're playing digitally or online um, will tell you some extra benefit or advantage you receive from that. So generally speaking 12 is like extreme success right so for a risky move you get a bonus to whatever you were trying to do um on a 10 or an 11 you accomplish your task uh, you do what you intended hold steady and get to describe what that looks like on a seven to nine the player well a random player uh, will tell you how your actions would leave you vulnerable Um, And then once you know how that would leave you vulnerable, you can decide if you go through with it or not. Um, If you go through with it, the other player who described the vulnerability describes what your result looks like. Um, It's kind of a mixed success, right? Like you succeed, but with a cost. Um, And yeah, as I said earlier, the risky move is kind of a catch-all for actions that don't otherwise fit into a different move category any questions about the risky move at all cool uh next we have the ghostly encounters move so this uh move comes up when you have an interaction with a ghost while investigating usually after 
the um, uh, the paranormal event for that scene has been drawn. Um, you can make a ghostly move to ask uh, the ghost a personal question about another investigator. Uh, the investigator must answer honestly. Um, you receive a ghostly vision about another investigator. Um, describe it and then add plus one to your next move. Sorry, y'all. The dog's scratching at the door. Um, <laughs> message Hannah to come and get him. Give me just a moment. The dog is just trying to participate. Uh, yeah, he just wants to play. Yeah. Is it the dog okay. or is it some paranormal activity? Ooh, oh, 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 okay. Hello. Okay, but that is terrifying if a ghost like scratching. It's it's like the story my uh, probably most people have heard this story. My mom used to tell this story of like the guy who like has the sensation of his hand being licked at night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, at somebody's house who's like Oh, you know, I've never seen your dog. And the guy's like, I don't have a dog. A dog. Uh, why do you gotta, like... And that's why I'm scared to put my hand out of the covers at night. Yeah, yeah. Because of escaped mental patients with hooks for hands and yep. all the other slasher. All, yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. I'm trying to remember the, what it, what is it they ghost. like... Don't they open the closet at the end of the story and there's like something yeah. written in it yeah. in the closet? It's like people can lick to something like yep. something oh, not yep. nope. great. It, that's yep. exactly it. That's exactly no. it. Yeah. 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 I have never heard like, this before and I will now think about it forever. Like, <laughs> the, way, the way my mom told it was that like that he, he, the child was like talking to somebody later and they said, well, you know, people can lick too. Oh, oh my god yeah yeah well, i don't even own a dog no i'm just like no nah, <laughs> low-key my mom used to tell some of the scariest stories i've ever heard in my life um, that's like how old were you when she told you this story like seven god damn yeah that that <laughs> seven-year-old to nine-year-old age range is like the best for scary oh, stories in a, yeah. in a well, oral that's... sense. It's so good. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like reading those, uh, what are scary stories and more scary Who's stories? Yeah. No, it was, it was the books. Scary stories it, to tell in the dark. Yeah. Oh, and it's yeah, got like yeah. the, weird, the black and white art and the like, that's nightmare fuel still. I own them and I, oh, yeah. I don't show, like, I don't look at them. I bought them for nostalgia <laughs> yeah. and I can't read them. You know, oh speaking of the Goosebumps books, I, I remember we used to have a bunch in a closet uh, yeah. under under the stairs at my mom's house. And and I remember I could never look at the one, the cover that has Slappy, the doll, oh, on it, right? It's yeah. just him sitting yeah. on the bed oh, with God. the... Night oh, of the Living Dummy, Return of the yes, Living Dummy. Yes, I couldn't... Revenge like, of the I, Dummy. I couldn't have those in my room because, like, that cover was, like, terrifying. Oh, my God. It was like that in the cover for the for the N sixty four version of Resident Evil two. Just like I couldn't keep that, that box hand in the eye. With the hand, That's a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good old, good old childhood fears. So speaking of terrifying things, it <laughs> um, wasn't a dog. That was straight yeah. up a ghost, right? It was, it was on a walk a with the dog. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Luan was nowhere to be seen. I don't know oh what was scratching God. at my door. 
Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about the, the ghostly encounters. Um, this is, by the way, I should have um, read the full text before I started talking. But the ghostly encounters move, you get to choose the, th- the um, options if the interaction with the ghost is related to your personal haunting. So a personal haunting, we didn't really go into too much detail about this when character creation, because it'll come up when we're playing. But if you fail on a roll, you can instead, uh, you can instead choose to mark off a personal haunting. Um, And that gives you some um, advantage or insight into the situation. Some, it makes it an automatic success as well, an extreme success. But you get to describe how something from your past, as detailed on the character sheet, whichever option you choose, uh, impacts the situation that you are in right now and how like your history with the spooky supernatural realm um, is brought to light in this moment. So if you are interacting with a ghost and that interaction is also related to your personal haunting, you get to choose two of these options to make happen on your ghostly encounter move. So you can ask the ghost a a personal question about another investigator. That investigator must answer honestly. Uh, You receive a ghostly vision about another investigator. Describe it and then add plus one to your next discovery move, which we'll get to in a second. Um, And you may clear an appropriate uh, condition um, basically, you know, if you have a negative condition, maybe giving you disadvantage on rolls or something like that, you can choose to clear that. If you have two, this can be chosen twice. Um, and you can also, uh, stumble upon a clue relevant to the scene tell the other investigators what it is. This clue cannot conclusively solve the mystery by itself. Um, so I think, you know, reading that and, and you guys tell me what you think about that description as well. But that says to me that you're you're not drawing a clue from the clue deck, but yeah. rather you kind of get to decide what yeah. clue you find. And it yep. is somehow relevant to the mystery. OK, OK. Yep. The only restriction being that it cannot like this is the solution. Oh, it's in a clue. Right. Like it has to like be sort of like the other clues, be a bit more general than that. Something that might fit the narrative that's being built, but not in and of itself serve as the answer to the mystery. Right. Not going to solve all of our problems for us, but yeah. be something that helps us. So it points, seems, points us in the right direction. Yeah. It seems almost peripheral, a little bit of set dressing for the answer itself. Because mm-hmm. aside, since a lot of it, it seems, comes from drawing, since this is GM-less, right. it, it would almost be hard to say sh- flat out, well, here's a clue I find and here's how it's relevant, is still only as impactful as the further clues we draw out, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, it's something that's on par with the other clues on yeah. the clue prompt list. I, right? I just so. think it's a very cool mechanic to be able to build out instead of also just relying on the randomness to be able to build out more of what we're finding in the mystery and the the world around it as opposed to just relying on the prompts themselves that's just a really neat mechanic yeah yeah absolutely 
Um, so the next we have the discovery move, which, um, as we mentioned before, the ghostly encounter can kind of feed into this as well. But the discovery move is basically searching for a clue. You know, we are conducting research. We are gathering information. Um, I think, you know, that also if you're like investigating, investigating around the space, trying to search for things, that would count as a discovery move as well, right? Um, so you roll using your appropriate modifier in whatever fashion you're attempting to discover things. Um, on a 12, 12 or above, you find two clues. Uh, the player responsible for the clue card will tell you what they are. So that clearly indicates that you're drawing from the clue deck, right? Um, on an 11, or sorry, on a 10 or 11, you find a one clue, and the player responsible for the clue cards will tell you what that is. Um, on a 7 to 9, there is a complication with the clue itself or something you encounter while searching. Um, a random player will describe the complication. So I think that tells me that you still find a clue from the deck, but someone gets to decide how there is some sort of complication with finding it with the clue itself that makes things a little bit uh, trickier, right? I, I do have a question then. Yeah. Do we want to have a mechanic on the quote random player who helps decide or just... I kind of like the, I feel like at some point someone will have a good idea, whereas someone else may have nothing. Yeah, so I think it just comes organically can... or forcing a role, forcing a random, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm cool Maybe, with it being uh, more organic. Okay. Okay. I if... thought if we want to make it really random, we could, right, get a, get a D10, right? One to two is one person. Three to four mm. is another, five to six another, seven to eight another, nine to ten is someone else. And then we roll that. I don't know if that's adding too much already. I'm, yeah, I we, we could do that to randomize, and then at to your point, uh, Conan, some somebody if they feel like they don't have anything good, they could always open it up then, like to a broader audience, uh, to someone else to possibly answer. Okay. Yeah, and I mean since this is something that. Um, it's like another person is playing it or is, is uh, influencing this. You can just roll like a D4 and yeah, yeah, assign perfect. numbers around um, yeah. whoever's rolling that D4. If I'm, we all play dice games, I'm sure somebody we've all got D4s hanging around. Um, <laughs> yeah. The little evil caltrops <laughs> that they are. Um, does that sound good to everybody? Sounds sure. great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, if that person that gets chosen doesn't have anything, we can open it up to someone else who might have an idea. Awesome. Sounds Sweet. good. Perfecto. Excellent. Um, and then the last kind of investigation phase uh, move is the handbook of the recently deceased move. So once per turn, or sorry, once per mystery, uh, when any investigator says, I read about this in the handbook of the recently deceased, Work with the other players to describe how something happening in your situation is documented in the handbook of the recent of the recently deceased, a guide for paranormal investigators. Um, at minimum, you must provide the following information: name the paranormal event, describe the problem or situation a ghost might experience, 
um, that's related to what the investigators are experiencing. Um, and so like how it's relevant to our situation. Um, and then describe how the ghost problem or situation was resolved. And the benefit is that it uh, we get to take an automatic 12 plus success on whatever we were trying to do. So if we were trying for a discovery move or for a risky move um, and we uh, really need to succeed, someone can say, oh, I read about this, right? Um, so that's the handbook of the recently deceased. It typically only gets used one time per mystery, but since I am the bookworm, I get an extra use of that, which is really nice. So we get yeah, two yeah. automatic successes in this mystery. Um, I'd love to see min-maxing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can min-max and role-play. It does, they do coexist together. No <laughs> Um, yeah, any questions about the handbook of the recently deceased? I, I just questions? personally love the uh, um, the Beetlejuice vibes that comes. Oh, from it. yes, obviously, yeah. an homage to that. So, oh, for sure. I'm, I'm a big fan where anything gives you liberty to come up with, with random bullshit uh, <laughs> and yes. the setting. Oh, my oh, god, yeah. yeah, it's my kind of system for sure. Um, Cool. Now, is so there that, a, is there a specific motif for the book of the recently dead? There's a very neat illustration, um, but reading through, is there a specific, is there an author? Is there an origin? Is there a, I mean, I, I almost feel like flexible there's up dust to decide. Yeah. Like kind of a, almost a heavy history. It could almost come off as a Necronomicon and it could also be like a, you know what? The Twilight author was right. It's it's pretty much just like this. Like, <laughs> oh I I uh, don't know the name of the author, but I'm just saying. Like, I feel like depending on the world that you would want to play, you could decide it's bound in human flesh or it's glittery, like Team Edward. Oh my god! <laughs> How's that for like two extremes, Alex? So I'm watching you cringe pretty hard. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's hurting a lot. It's hurting me pretty bad. <laughs> so I think. You know, the Handbook of the Recently Deceased is a book for ghosts. And if we're drawing back on the uh, the Beetlejuice, uh, like, homage there, that's what the purpose of it is uh, is as well, right? Like, they, they die, the main characters die, and then they're haunting this house, but they've got this handbook that's, like, supposed to help them be ghosts. Um, so I, I don't think that there is a a known author and it i have a hunch as well that it's something that's like like the book isn't fully written either like you could flip to the back of the book and it's blank oh i like but that. it kind of writes itself in sometimes as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it has applicable information and in chapters based on kind of who's using it and right, where right. they're at okay so there's there's tons of stories about paranormal events and how ghosts have done things in the past and and so forth but there's also room for ghosts to do new things and that just to be like a mm -hmm. um like everyone has access to it right it's yeah. it's kind of a, yeah. a an ebook that's being written by ghosts or yeah, a, like a, a living document yeah unliving document yeah a living document i like that <laughs> <laughs> 
That's good. Nice. Cool. Um, which I guess brings us to the... I think I think Sasha's trying to boost her entry. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. She submits articles to this thing over and over and over again. From her own experiences, yes. 100%. I, I wonder if the way that uh, Humphrey came into possession of the book of the recently deceased is from Sasha who's haunting the library that he hangs out in or the, like the, the office now. I think, I think all, all ghosts get a copy of it. Like as soon as your girl's like, Hey, like this is like, basically like, here's your instruction manual on understanding being a ghost, like being a Um, ghost for dummies. And yeah. I think like Sasha got it and was like, I don't care about this. <laughs> and just <laughs> it around. Just yeah. put it on the shelf and then you found it there one day. Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. Um I'm my own brand. I don't need something to define me. <laughs> <laughs> but she does she does go back and like check it periodically to see because like I, I'm imagining it as kind of like having a, a record of sort of ghosts more broadly but then also mm-hmm. like particular ones that have like made made an impact on, mm-hmm. on either like you know the living or dead communities right and ghosts like she's trying milk. to get an entry in the book yeah like do we Excellent. do we all share is there like a departmental copy of this right sasha's copy is the one that we all refer to or have we I think all that makes sense yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, that makes sense yeah. in the world. And like everyone else has kind of perused this a little bit, but Humphrey's probably read it from cover to, well, not quite to cover, but as far as it goes <laughs> towards the back cover, right? What he can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric hasn't even bothered to pick it up. Like he asked for a copy <laughs> and they're like, that's not how it works. He's like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> he, he doesn't need another manual to yeah, carry like, around. <laughs> He's just thinking like if he's looking for an abridged to add to his collection, but Lord. like if he could just get the a look at the notes. table of yeah, the table of contents or the like that's all he's looking for. Cause more to him, it's probably stuff he's mostly covered in other jobs. Like he was he was an yeah. intern at like this exterminator company for a while, mostly small rodents and insect removal, but it's probably about <laughs> the same thing. Right. I, I like to think Eric's inquiries into the book are like, what's proper PPE? Well, how do yeah. I submit my time card? That's right. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see any of that. So it's just like, this is not my, this is not for me. Coffee, mm-hmm. I got it. I'm your guy. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. Like you probably came in, you're like, oh, handbook on the, the, the desk here. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. new handbook. Open it up. Oh, no, this is not. This is for ghosts. Like this is not. This yeah, is not. I'm not a ghost. I'm yeah. not a ghost at all. This is not for me. Yeah, certainly. Awesome. Cool. So I think that brings us to the theorize move, which also kind of leads into the resolution phase as well. So the theorize move is, you know, when all of us have an open, kind of freewheeling discussion about the solution to the mystery. So we've. You know, we've gathered all of the clues that we think we can we can or need. Uh, we've been to all the places that we want to go, talk to all the NPCs we want to go to, etc. And um, we just kind of chat about all of the things that we've found and encountered. 
and uh, get to kind of come to a consensus about what the solution to the mystery is. Um, and we roll plus the number of clues that we found um, minus the mystery's complexity. So um, the mystery itself has a like a rating complexity, right? So we'll subtract that uh, from the number of clues that we found um, and then add that total to the roll of 2d6. And that will t- kind of tell us if we've solved the mystery or not. Mm-hmm. So on a 10 or above, it's the correct solution. Um, as a group, we can narrate how solving the mystery achieves the overall goal. On a seven to nine, it's the correct solution, but there's an unwelcome complication uh, to the solution and a dangerous uh, or a dangerous situation to overcome before solving. So then we can, as a group, kind of decide what sacrifices have to be made in order to achieve our goal and solve the mystery together. Um, On a six or below, the solution is incorrect. um, And you may return to the investigation phase to find more clues or narrate your failure as the end of the mystery. Um, It doesn't matter who rolls the theorized move. The theorized is not subject to any modifiers on the dice roll other than what we've already discussed. Um, nor can it be affected by taking a personal haunting. So we can't decide to succeed by taking that personal haunting ourselves. Um, and our scientist as well has a move that lets them re-roll, was it? Um, or not an automatic success, but I think you get to just re-roll the um, yeah. theorized Normally move. Normally with without... the theorized move, if you don't have enough clues, or re- sorry, if you roll poorly uh, and you, you miss it, uh, then you have to collect more clues before you can make another attempt at theorize. Right. Uh, uh, but with yeah. the scientists, they can just be like, but what if it was like this? And then you just mm. try right again straight away. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no, if, but seriously, if, hear me if out. Move, it, it, <laughs> if the move uh, a new hypothesis is taken, yes. uh, yeah. then that allows for that. Right, right, right. Yeah, so yeah, it basically it lets you circumvent uh, spending more effort to try to gather more information when instead you can just be like, eh, what, okay, but here's so what wrong. actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, super clutch. That means that we can at least try again without having to go back into the um, the investigation phase or deciding that we failed. Since we're kind of doing this as a one-shot recording, I think if we fail both times, then probably that's just going to end up being <laughs> yeah. the end of the mystery. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would hope that that doesn't happen, but we'll we'll see. We shall see. Uh, see where we end up. Sometimes people fail and ghosts win and then you die. And, and that's, <laughs> that's how cycle of ghost stories we happen. Ghosts. We all become ghosts and then that's the next mystery to be solved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And and that means you can all like in a more permanent way join Sasha's channel. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, well, I'm I'm just sensing like a media empire in the making. Is all sensing. I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> uh, delightful. Perfect. Cool. Um, yeah, and that's. Um, Kind of a summary of the game. I'm actually going to do a quick uh, scroll through of the uh, the handbook real quick to make sure I didn't forget anything. But does anybody have any questions or anything that they would want to add while I'm doing that? No, uh, nothing at my end. Nothing so? I can think of. Yeah, I think it's cool. pretty similar to 
stuff I've already played or have listened to be played. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you once again, Trials and Pop-Lips. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say there is a lot of Brindlewood Bay DNA in this game so if yes. if you're listening to this right now and you're like this sounds really rad well first off uh, buy yourself a copy play Paranormal Inc it's it's oh, going to be awesome very yes. excited uh, but also if you like this sort of vibe uh, you might also pick up a copy of Brindlewood Bay or The Between which also uses a similar mystery or system and Apocalypse Keys also Ooh, yeah just came out system, mm, and, apoc- mm-hmm. and i played the playtest version of apocalypse keys and it fucks it's really good <laughs> i'm so Excellent. excited to get my hands on the final version so so fucking excited because uh awesome. it's it hits it it's it kind of uh, it really marries both of like the, uh, paranormal inc and Wood bay but make it hellboy which i'm very into or doom patrol <laughs> nice. or whatever you're you know uh media of choice your, your preferred nope. monster Do- hunter fucker vibe <laughs> uh, exactly doom patrol That's- doom patrol for sure <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and you know we'll be playing one mystery here but if you're interested in picking up this game there are actually uh there's a kickstarter that i think just went live or is going to be live soon that uh is going to have more mysteries um, and such for the game um, to check out as well. So if yeah. uh, the mystery that we play in this one shot isn't quite your vibe, there are a lot of other options to check into as well. Uh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, I think that's maybe uh, our our final thing on this episode is just to introduce, not even fully introduce the mystery, but say what we're, what we're going to play. Uh, we're going to be playing Antenna 8, uh, written by Sven Truckenbrot. I might have mispronounced that, and I'm sorry if I did, Sven. Um, yeah, but uh, it is a complexity of five, so that'll kind of come into play when it comes time to uh, have enough clues to make a roll. Uh, but the tone is kind of a creepy pasta vibes. Uh, it'll take place hey, uh... at a haunted radio station and we'll get more into that um on the next episode did you very excited, very excited. that radio killed or no did it television killed the radio oh. star video so close up, i fucked it up that's the perfect <laughs> outro you got it oh, no. i was gonna nailed it at one close to sounding so clever <laughs> this sounds you know better. that's that's perfectly on brand for 19 hits the dragon so it's fine <laughs> um, you know video <laughs> television eh? it's all the same radio thing really. and yeah uh, radio killed the radio star did you also yeah, know that you yeah, yeah. <laughs> fun fact um but yeah so uh Y'all, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Really love the characters that we've come up with and the kind of dynamics that we've got. I can't wait to get into a mystery uh, together in our next episode. Uh, So listeners, check back uh, next week, probably, um, when we get into the mystery (laughs) Antenna 8. And we'll see y'all there. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Oh, Bear, I wasn't saying bye to you.